Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, director of Camps at Music for All from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, director of bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Today we're going to be talking with two amazing middle school directors from different parts of the country, kind of getting an idea of how the high school and middle school can work together and how a a unified music program can become its greatest self. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com. Sign up for some of all of our awesome courses and instructional videos. You can also purchase products through our store at some of the most discounted prices on the web on things like shoes, rifles, podiums, megaboxes, flagpoles, all sorts of good stuff. I know that many times you continue to order your products from the same people every year, but if you look at our prices, you might change your mind. We even offer deeper discounts on large orders. So shoot me an email, jeff at dynamicmarching.com. So without further ado, let's get in with our guests. Hello. Brittany and Katrina. Hey. Hey, it's great to be here. We're very excited. When we started talking about some episodes this season, we talked about middle school and throwing some names around. And I think the two names came up, your two names came up, and we were like, oh, my God, absolutely. This is is exactly who this needs to be because uh, you have a varied um, sets of experience but have really thrived in every scenario that we've seen you both in. So maybe let's just kind of introduce you a little bit. On my screen, I have Brittany Morey, uh, who is down in, uh, well, is it, it's not, it's, you you feed Harrison, but what's the name of the middle school that's there? I'm at Lost Mountain Middle School in Kennesaw, Georgia, which feeds, my primary feeder is Harrison High School in Kennesaw, um, but my secondary feeder is Hillgrove High School in Potter Springs. So we do have a split. And you've had a, one of the things that I do plan on talking about, Brittany, is kind of your journey through teaching full time, taking some time away, and then coming back to that, and some of the things that you've experienced and the possibilities that are there. But we also have Katrina Fitzpatrick with us, who is in Illinois, in Morton, Illinois. And uh, tell us a little bit about your situation there, Katrina. Okay, Morton, we are a smaller school. We're a 2A in the BOA scene. And we have one middle school, which is Morton Junior High, and we feed into Morton High School. And if I remember right, that's a single school district. Is that right? Yes. Morton High School is the district itself, yes, right? Yes, we are the only feeder to the high school. Right. That's, that's what we, because we feel like, you know, for Brittany, she's in a, and, and myself, we're in districts where there are multiple feeder patterns. So kids that are in band together one year may not be in band when they, together when they go to high school. And there's some challenges that come with that and some blessings that come. Whereas Katrina's got, if I have you in sixth grade, I'm going to see you all the way through through 12th grade. So I want to kind of talk about that and work through some things and then walk away with this saying, if I'm a high school director, what are some questions I need to be asking or what are some things I need to be doing to engage and support the middle schools better? And for the middle school directors that are out there, maybe some clarity of, you know, we, we sometimes get, and I think middle school directors more than anything feel the pressure of, um, results in getting things out of the box. Um, like, for example, you, you feel those those high school folks kind of saying, we need this. You feel the parents. You feel the newness of everything. Plus, and most importantly, hormones are raging and things are happening. Like you're trying to do all that while also managing life at the same time. So 
Katrina, I may start with you to kind of tell us a little bit about when do you start band? Um, how many directors are they engaged with? What's mm -hmm. the what's the staffing? And what does that look like? We actually have a really good system that just kind of went into effect right right before COVID. So this is our, actually one of our first full years of seeing this through. Um, we start in the sixth grade. We start in the fall, about a week or so after school begins. And we start the sort of the primary instruments. We start on flute, clarinet, trumpet, trombone, and then percussion. And it's really nice. We meet four mornings a week from 7.35 to 8.05. And we have four elementary schools that we pull from. So then each elementary school has a day that they stay at our junior high because we're only a seven through eight building. So sixth graders have to be, be bused in. So there's oh, wow. one day they stay an hour after the ensemble practice for a small group lesson with like instruments. And then we have a little theory unit that we follow it up with. And so the staffing for that's really nice. Um, I take the flutes after full ensemble and then our assistant Jeff Arbisi then teaches the clarinet group. Craig Hatter, who is the, one of the assistants of the high school, takes the trumpets. Tim Gray, the head high school teacher, he takes the low brass. And then Bob Hornsby works with the percussionists during that time. Wow. So it's kind of an all hands on deck, which is just, it's really unique, but being the fourth year, it's really yielded some nice results. I remember there was a time, I think, was the, was the middle school band in the school day and then this switched out of it? Or is this something that's been before school for a long time? Sixth grade, like I said, because we're not, sixth graders aren't in the building. It's been prior to the that's school right. day for as long as I can remember. Yeah. However, seventh and eighth grade band, that is during the school day. I think a lot of people would see that as a major disadvantage, but it's very cool how you guys have made it into a, an amazing advantage to what you have. Brittany, tell us a little bit. Oh, sorry, sorry. How long, Katrina, did it take for you to get this new program put in place? And what, what sorts of behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. things did you need to do with your admin to make that change? Uh, but it was a long time coming because it used to be sort of a single-person single, single person show, and that was me. I was teaching all the instrument groups, and that would monopolize a t huge part of my day because I was pulling kids out of classes and trying to make – whatever work work. And it was, it was Patrick Maneri, which I know that you guys both are good friends with Patrick. He was with us in the district and he kind of advocated for doing what's best for kids and not just what's best on a paper schedule. You know what I mean? What looks good on paper doesn't necessarily work during the school day. So just realizing that, man, getting these sixth graders in and getting them the best start is going to affect every aspect of the program as it goes on. Mm. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So, Brittany, tell us a little bit about your your system, and we can kind of compare and contrast the two. Yeah. So, my system is I actually have four different elementary schools that feed my middle school. So, my school is part of the Cobb County School District, and there's a lot of varied feeder patterns. There is not any that I know of any one elementary that goes all the way to the middle that goes all the way the, all the way to the high. It's pretty varied. Um, so what we do is the first week of school and the very first day of school, all the sixth graders come to us. We have a big meeting in the theater and we do this like dog and pony show. Essentially the chorus performs, the orchestra performs, the band performs, and we just introduce ourselves and we say, okay, kids, this week during your connections or electives time, you're going to get a chance to rotate through all of the music classes and get wow. to experience all of the connections classes. So the PE teachers are on board, everyone else is on board and we rotate them through. They get an uh, hour and a half block or almost two hours block, their full connections time. And that is our chance to fit them on instruments. So on a given day, we'll start on Tuesday 
Then I have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they'll come to us. When they come to the band room, my coworker and I will have a jam band. So we have um, instructors come and we just play for them. We're like, we'll play Star Wars. We'll play, you know, anything exciting and fun. We'll introduce our instruments. Um, and then we have tables set up around the band room, a high brass table, low brass table, percussion table in the back. Um, we have a flute and clarinet table, double reeds, saxophone. We try to hide for a minute and then we introduce it in the end. Um, but yeah, we basically fit every kid on every instrument. The only thing that we don't do is low reeds in the beginning. I won't do any tenors or very saxophones or no bass clarinets until seventh, excuse me, seventh grade. But, um, we fit them in about two hours. We introduce the instruments and they decide, we, we explain it to them that they're going to get to pick their top fruit three, their favorites, and we fit them and we fill out forms and we send them home with paperwork to their parents, um, communicate highly with the community so that they know what to expect. They all know what's happening this first week. And then parents will help them make the selections and they come to us in about two weeks after that with their instruments. So once you, we get them get scheduled in. students that, that come through there that didn't even know they wanted to do band or is it all pretty much, these are students who already have decided I'm going to do some sort of performing arts. Oh, I mean, we have the whole spectrum. We have kids who are like, there's no way band is not my thing. I'm, you know, I'm a sporty spice. But by the end of our dog and pony show on that first day, we basically end up getting up. We usually have about 90 is a low percentage. I would say about 95% of the sixth grade is in one of the music programs at our school. It's wow. very heavily supported and all three programs are thriving. So it's exciting for the kids, which is nice. You know, when you have older siblings that have already gone through the younger kids want to join too, which is fun. So we just try to make it happy and fun and exciting every day. Well, you, you said that, and one of the things, because I want to go over to Katrina in just a second and ask mm -hmm. her about how they began, you know, the sixth graders, how you kind of start to bring that, because that's a big point of concern, I think, with all middle school directors is how do we get people in the door? If we can get them in the door, we can do make some things happen. And so I'm going to go to Katrina in just a second. But Brittany, just to make sure I'm clear, you, you have those people that come in and work with them. Are those high school people? Are they just community people? How do you, how do, you do that in that big dog and pony show? So Dog and Pony Show, we actually will have our eighth graders perform. We pull them out of class on the ah. very first day of school, and we say, hey, you guys are going to play this cool song, something there from our spring concert last year. Yeah, and the kids are like, yeah, I'll miss clap and come play for you. And it's awesome, and they play for the sixth graders, and they are rock stars. And the sixth graders look at them as their future peers, and so they go, I want to be that kid. I want to be like that kid on the stage. So um, that's what we do on that very first day. And then after that, when they come to the band room in their class rotations is when I have the professionals, you know, jamming and we have a, like a mini band of adults mm -hmm. throwing down on our instruments so that they go, yeah, I want to play that instrument. The reason I ask that is because since you don't necessarily have a dedicated high school feeder, I didn't know if you would pull from those folks or maybe some private teachers in the area. Yeah, that's absolutely something that you could do. You know, if you didn't have enough of your own students or, or music ready to go, um, that mm -hmm. is definitely something you could easily do. And I yeah. will have my high school directors come down when we're doing yeah. recruitment that first week, and they'll be jamming on the trumpet and the saxophone and introducing themselves to their future directors so the kids Got meet it. them immediately. Cool. So, Katrina, talk to us about how you even get sixth graders in the door. What's that recruit? Because I, knowing both of you, I bet your recruiting process is just lights out incredible. So what 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 is yours look like? OK, well, first of all, hopefully we never really stop recruiting. Like everything we do in the program is out in the community. Like so even if a kid's in kindergarten, hey, someday this band program could be a part of your life. It really starts for us like kind of the system when fifth grade 
we take the junior high jazz band to tour the middle schools. And along with us, the orchestra has a chamber group that goes along and the choir has a vocal jazz group. So we go along to the fifth graders and we're like, hey guys, these are some of your friends here on stage and they're playing Uptown Funk, some Disney tunes that are very relatable. And like you could be a rock star like one of these seventh or eighth graders in just two years. And we introduce mm -hmm. the students in the jazz band by elementary school. And of course, it's always a big deal for them to see people they know. And then at that point in time, we send the initial information home to parents saying, hey, today the jazz band was here. Your kids loved it. And next year, sixth grade is your time to start basically having conversations at home about what would you like to do in sixth grade. So start the conversations right before spring break in fifth grade. So then come sixth grade, they have at least some idea of what's out there. And then come mm -hmm. sixth grade, we go around to, once again, all four elementaries. And this, what we've been doing is an idea that came from COVID. I have 30 trumpet mouthpieces, 30 brass, like low brass mouthpieces, 30 clarinet setups, 30 like banged up flute head joints. And what happens is, it's like we bring high school students in to kind of give like little mini like group lessons on the mouthpieces and just setups and tone production. So it's kind of mm -hmm. the same thing like Brittany does sort of being fitted, but like every kid has their own mouthpiece and it's sanitized. So they kind of feel special that they're kind of holding something and getting like a little five minute lesson from one of the high school leaders during that time. Wow. That's Do you great. often have students who come in and they're like, I already, I'm already playing an instrument. A couple of times, like, like this year, I know we've had a couple and it's, it's awesome if they do, because obviously they like sort of being a leader in the beginning group, but yeah. Yeah. And then that, that was my experience is I, I always watched my dad play trombone, you know, it, even though he wasn't in a band, you know, my dad's a physician, but he would, you know, I remember vividly him practicing his trombone while I was growing up and, you know, now he plays with the, the parent pep band, um, uh, still, but, um, you know, in like fourth grade, I was like, I really want to play trumpet. And my grandpa had one and I just got his shepherd's crick trumpet. And then I, I get, when I got to sixth grade, I got to be in seventh grade band. And I don't know, it, it was like, I was always just ahead a year until we got to high school. And I, and so that was a really awesome thing to be ahead of your peers, <laughs> kind of like, you know, a sixth grader and seventh grade band. And I, I bet that doesn't happen very often though. Occasionally, and what's interesting, like, because we've had some really talented percussionists come through, like, so they they start sixth grade and they've already been playing drum set at church or they've already, like, been with their dad in the Celtic band or whatever. And so a couple of those kids, I'm like, hey, how about you just learn a different instrument during sixth grade? Like, you'll you'll move to percussion once you're in seventh yeah. grade, but use this time now just to learn something new. And there's been a couple of kids that they play trombone for a year and a half just to have the experience of learning something new. And we've got a really talented saxophone player right now. And when she started, even though she'd already played sax, I'm like, hey, let's learn, use this year to learn clarinet, just something new, be part of the clarinet section and just kind of use that as an opportunity to grow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask, I haven't done this this way before, but I, I really want you to think about this one because I'm going to ask a question um, to kind of tease the listeners to make sure they listen to the end. But the last question that I'm going to ask the three of, or the, the three of you, the two of you is what are three things that you want kids to know or have or be able to do when they leave your program? 
And I think that that's, I don't think there's a wrong answer to that, but I think that everybody has a different idea of what that may be. So I wanted, I wanted to kind of tease that question right now, because I think that's the, that is the, <clears throat> excuse me, the cornerstone of pretty much everything that we do. So I hope that they hear what we're saying. And then at the end, kind of go back and say, oh, okay, I see how this works now. So the next question in, in my thought process here is, as you go through the year, what are some of the most special things that you do as far as, because you have to think about recruiting, yes, but you also have to think about retention. And it's a, it, this is a time where every sports team known to man is going to try and pillage every kid that they possibly can. You know, we deal with lacrosse and rugby and field hockey and all this kind of stuff, surfing. <laughs> it's like this is the time where... And it's kind of an age where students still think they can be a superstar at pretty <clears throat> much oh, yeah. anything. I'm going to be yeah. a professional yeah. basketball player. Yeah. You're three foot six, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But they, they still do feel that. So we talked about recruiting a lot. What are some of the... the why do you think people stay in your program? Like, what's the one thing if I said, you've got to cut this concert or this activity, you'd be like, this is my line in the sand. Yeah, I think just creating a positive learning environment every single day is number one. Like, it has to be happy. They have to be excited. I want the band room in my school to be their favorite place in the whole building. And we've we've created that by being positive with our instruction by being encouraging, by creating opportunities for them to get together and play in ensembles before school and, uh, you know, just create extra opportunities for the kids to bond together too. So the way my school is situated is we have two sixth grade band classes, two seventh grade band classes, two eighth grades. So unlike what Jeff said, uh, we can't mix up grade levels. They have to be in their grade level. Um, so we do have extra ensembles like jazz band where seventh and eighth graders can play together in the morning. And we have pep band where we just do pop tunes on Friday just because it's fun and we can have seventh and eighth graders play together. And it's always epic and exciting by about April, I start inviting the sixth graders and that's when the ensemble turns from about 30 to like 90 and all the sixth graders want to join the pep band because they've heard the pep band out and about in the community. They've heard the jazz band play at the high school jazz band concert together. So um, creating those extra opportunities for the kids to bond together, you know, and, and have fun outside of just what we do as well as our own concerts. Um, I wouldn't say there's any magic sauce to any one event or anything. I think it's just the mm. little things that you do every day, truly. Just I stand at the door and I greet every kid as they walk in every day. Hey, Brayden, how's it going today? How was that basketball game of the weekend? Awesome. You know, one of my favorite things is when my sporty spice trumpet eighth graders come in and they like do a special handshake with me as I walk in the door. What's up, Ms. Maury? Like that makes me so happy. And I just love that. So just making sure that the kids know that you care about them as people first and then curriculum, you know, of course, after that. And they're going to want to work for you if they know that you care about them. If, if mm. they know that you've created this family environment, which is, you know, how I talk to them. I said, we are a family. This is a team. We got to all be in it together. So as long as they feel loved, they feel valued, they know that they're going to get better every day, they're going to learn something every day and they're cared about, they're going to they're gonna want to, you know, run to the band room. I have to tell them to slow down down the hallway. I'm like, will you stop running? <laughs> yeah. So I think they that's clutch. Yeah, they don't, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, that adage keeps coming back over and over in my life by a lot. So Katrina, what... what what do you think? What were your thoughts on that? A lot of what Brittany said, 100% ditto. Um, having the band room be their home base. I love the fact that that's 
the way the kids feel about it. Like today, today is a half day early dismissal day for us. So there is no band class. The kids were still in the band room this morning, putting their instruments away. I'm like, why did you bring your instrument to school? There's, there's, but they, that's their routine. And they want to have that friend group time before school in the band room. Like that's what makes yeah. their day start off on a positive vibe. And so of course, having that connection for them is priceless to me. Um, other things that really help unite the band students, we have a pumpkin festival in Morton. And that's mm, always yep. the third week of September. And whether or not we're ready, seventh graders march that parade. And so it's sort of this sort of baptism by fire. They've been playing their horns for a year. And the first thing we do is march them in front of 20,000 people. And they're sitting there playing like the power of love or don't stop believing. And it's just, you have to That's do it. Amazing. You have to do it. And it's one of those things, every kid in Morton does it. And so it's like, you just know that this is sort of your welcome to the world. Here you are with your wow. marching bear. Right of passage. Yeah. It's way too big for you. Your feet aren't even close to in time, but your mom's putting those pictures all over Instagram. Like, and it's just like, <laughs> and they come back to haunt you on the senior boards, their senior year. Yeah. And it's just, so I would say like the, for us, that's a really big uniter. And the other thing that's kind of crazy is we do a fundraiser in the spring and they love it. Like the, they love the fundraiser and just all of the, I would say rituals or just things that go along with the fundraiser. Like there's always a prize, there's a pool party. It's just being excited to do something to help the band program out. And that's something where every kid's on an even playing field that they just, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they love it. They love it. And some of the kids that you basically, you might not always be in the spotlight gets, gets a chance to shine for the program and they have a lot of fun with that and they look forward to it every year. One I thing I've a... learned is, Oh, go ahead. No, please. One Your thing show. I've learned is just that, um, the, the kids are a way greater recruiter than any of the adults ever will be mm -hmm. like for us. So our mid, our eighth graders are about to sign up for high school classes. And so I reached out to the high school directors and I said, you need to come down here. You need to talk to our kids and you need to bring kids to talk to our kids, bring all of your athletes who do everything wearing their sports gear and tell our kids how they're able to balance band and everything. And that was great. So the Harrison guys came over, they had all of their student leadership, you know, speak to us, um, ninth grade through 12th graders talking about how they do extracurriculars and intense academics and even marching band, you know, and how they balance all of that. And so my kids, you could see their light bulbs going off because I've been talking to them, you know, uh, throughout the school year. So next year in high school, so next year in high school, but it's a totally different thing when a kid hears another kid or they see themselves represented in that other kid. Um, kids just, they recruit way better than any adults ever can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just hearing you guys talk about the, 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 kind of the vibe and the family and the fun and, and the positive uh, reinforcement and all of that just it reminds me of, you know, my trumpet, my private trumpet teacher in middle school was a lot of fun. And sometimes I'd show up and we'd talk about Indiana University basketball for half an hour and play for 10 minutes. And my, my middle school or junior high, it was called at the time, but my junior high band director, Don Fisher, um, was it was a lot of fun. I, I don't remember him being like super hard on us to, to have better tone quality. And like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like, you know, he was always on us. It was like, we were making music and having fun. And, you know, Paul Hilgeman, my, my private instructor is the same, you know, what, what would you say to teachers out there who maybe they've been doing this a while or, or maybe they're just not naturally peppy people or like, how do you, how do you, like, cause it's so important, obviously at this age, especially to, to be positive and, and, and excited, but 
you know, there's a lot of teachers I've witnessed out there that are that the vibe aren't. isn't like that. Yeah, yeah, they just aren't. Well, it's sort of like the energy you put out is the energy you should expect back, and maybe even just a little less. So it's just kind of like knowing that you're you're gonna get what you give. It's like on the podium. So it's like I know it's not always easy to do, but it's sort of like so put, hard putting money in the mm. bank. You can't take money out that's not there. So you gotta give the vibes you want back. Yeah. One of my mentors, Aaron, Aaron Cole, she uh, used to always talk about hiding the vegetables. And so what that means is you're taking your fundamentals, you're taking your curriculum, whatever, you know, whatever your topics of the day are, and you make a game out of it. You turn it into something exciting and fun. You hide the vegetables. Okay, we're going to work on concert F, but here's how we're going to make it fun. You know, I try to make a game out of everything I can. Uh, just to keep them engaged. And I do a lot of call and response too. I don't want them to sit there and silently and play their instrument. I try to give them opportunities mm -hmm. to respond all the time. Even if it's something simple as, you know, take five seconds, turn to your neighbor, show them the fingering for that note. Ready, go. Mm -hmm. Five, four, three, two, one. And horns are back up and we're playing. Like, you know, any opportunity to keep them awake and alert and giving them that chance to talk with their friends. Because half the time they're joining band because they want to be in class with their friends. So giving them the opportunities to be able to work together definitely helps with engagement too. It almost feels to me like the, the younger the student that you have, the more engaging and flexible you have to be. Like when I see really good elementary music teachers and I compare them to maybe some of the, the highest of the high collegiate professors, I'm like, I know which one is the best teacher. Now we, we may say that like, you know, like we, I think there's sometimes an impression that uh, only the best musicians do this level, but I've seen the exact opposite where the very, my, my wife uh, was a fantastic choral director and sang at state and all the stuff in Illinois. And she just now is doing elementary music and it's an incredible class. So I think that I hear both of you saying that personality and engagement and positivity, if anything, is maybe more paramount than, uh, you know, how many ways can you play a B flat on a flute? You know, at least that's what that's what that's the vibe that I'm getting there. And and so then I think high school folks would then look at that and say, well, yeah, but they're not coming prepared. They don't know all 12 major scales. They're not able to play three octave E scales. They're not able to play three octave C scales on flute. How? Because I guarantee you there are band directors that are right now listening to the two of you and going like, oh, there's no way my my middle school director can ever do any of that. What would you, what advice would you give to some of those directors that are maybe in year ten plus and are a little over it? And you know, like what what advice would you give to them, or what things would you like high school directors to be able to say and go to these middle school directors and and try and help them with? That's a one that's thing a big that we question. work really. <laughs> Sorry, I know <laughs> it. I, I haven't, I haven't heard it, are, and I was like, holy crap! I have no you guys idea. Are both what I would ten plus years, so you, you're yeah. in the category. Yeah. One thing that I love um, is reaching out to the high school guys, and and I flat out asked them uh, when I came back to teaching after taking time off and coming back. I was like, all right, what do you need from me? Tell me. You give me your checklist. What do you need from me? Um, and another thing is just looking at their curriculum. So I'm fortunate to have two really great, awesome, strong feeders. And what I've done is basically created a seven-year program. I'm taking what they do at the top and I'm making it in micro baby digestible steps at the middle school level. So it, it's we're teaching the same concepts. It just might look a little different in the how of how we do that. 
Um, but they understand so that when they go up to high school and when they play alongside the high schoolers in eighth grade night, for example, yeah, we know what harmony chords are. We know this warm. We understand this. We understand our roles and our functions and how we how we balance and blend an ensemble. Like the basic fundamentals, the skills that they teach at the high school, I'm doing down here just at the middle school level. So mm -hmm. it is cohesive top to bottom. They know what to expect when they're going on. Um, and just inviting our high school directors to come down and be a part of your bands as much as possible. We're super fortunate to have really supportive feeders. Um, the Harrison guys just started coming down this semester every Tuesday. So we have one of them with us every Tuesday. And sometimes they're pulling out a section. Sometimes they're working with ensemble. But what I do, what you know, that positive environment that we're creating is we roll out the red carpet for them. When they walk in the door, our kids know these are celebrities in our house. These high school guys are celebrities. And we... I don't care if Miss Maury's talking, if, if Mr. Ray comes over and whispers something in your ear, you do what he says because he knows what's up and creating that understanding and respect that we have for them. The kids feed off of that as well. And they know, oh, cool. You know, they sit up a little taller when the high school guys are there. They play a little, you know, play a little stronger, et cetera. So um, it's it's definitely a mm. uh, healthy dynamic top to bottom. That vertical alignment for you makes that cohesive and and knowing that that's a part of it. We're all a part of this same curriculum. That's really yep. cool. Katrina, yeah. do you have any other thoughts? Yeah, sort of like kind of like what Brittany was saying. We have like a track that the kids can choose going into their seventh grade year. Because obviously I would love for every kid to be playing three octave chromatic scales up to high C on flute. Like, like However, right. not, every, not every kid is A, motivated to do so. Or that's not why they joined band to begin with. Or right. maybe they're just not ready yet. And so the kids can kind of choose whether they want to be sort of on the advanced track that we call it. Like, let's say I know I want to be in the top wind ensemble in high school and I want to be an all-state musician. And we kind of had a convert said, like, like, basically, here's your curriculum. You're going to be doing some checkoffs a week, sending in recordings. And those are the kids that we kind of challenge to do more technical exercises, more theory like just mm -hmm. the, you have to have like, these concepts in order to advance to the next one. And the students that maybe they join band because, man, they love that pumpkin parade. They, that's that's why they're in band. And then they, they still have a curriculum and it's still scaffolds and it's still well thought out. It's just not as demanding or rigorous as the kid who knows that all state is the end goal. And so that way, too, is when the, when the high school directors come in, like it's they know what tracks the kids are on. And sometimes like, hey, buddy, you, you chose the track that's with a little less practice, I really think you should be on the more advanced right. track. And then those conversations can happen. And sometimes that can really kind of uplift a kid knowing that someone believes in them, that they could be doing more, but I've chosen to do a little less. So it's, it's kind of a nice, at least for us, kind of balancing out the fact that maybe not every kid is going to be able to rattle off like a whole page right. of rhythm patterns in mixed meter their freshman year, but some can. And so it's kind of identified. And want to. Yes, yes. And that's, yeah. Is that normal? I've never heard that before. Like, do a lot of programs do that where students that tracking? get to kind of decide, hey, I kind of want to be in the top group eventually? Or is that something unique to you, to you guys? Um, I, I'll be honest. I When we did the schedule, schedule switch four years ago when the sixth grade band became a little more in-house, um, they wanted to do two seventh grade bands. And I was like, man, I'm just totally not about like a woodwind class for seventh graders in a brass class. I, to me, it's like, I wanted the kids to have more of a band experience. So when they, the kids pretty much choose their band class in seventh grade, and it's not based on instrumentation. Like sometimes there could be one flute in the class. Sometimes there could be 15 flutes in a class with one trumpet player and five percussion. So it's basically, it's just 
this is the track I want to be on. So the class is built more around the curriculum and concepts than actual <clears throat> concert band music. However, that's obviously mm. we still play concerts together. So like when the kids learn their concert band music, we rehearse that together, but just the fundamentals, they kind of track apart. Katrina, do you find that it's kind of an even split? Do you find more going to the advanced or more going to the less advanced or it, what, what's been your experience of, I know this is relatively new yeah. still though too, but. Honestly, I was really surprised because for the most part, it's been pretty, pretty even. Sometimes like the advanced track will be a little more 40% and the not so advanced 60% this year just happens to be 60% and it's 40% right now. And what's also really cool is that we have awesome counselors at our school. And if a student decides that maybe they want to move up to the six hour band, every quarter they have the opportunity to move. So, oh, so, wow. so basically, so you've not been on this track, but if you do X, Y, and Z and send recordings of your performance at an acceptable level on these skills, then now you've moved up to the next group. And there's, it's really cool because like every quarter there's been one or two kids that have decided, you know what, I think I'm ready. And yeah. so the group is there cool. for them when they're ready to be there. I love that. We Our, our middle school system has a – a variation of what you're doing where everybody is together, but there's an honor band mm -hmm. distinction that you can do there. And if you do these extra assignments, go to these concerts, do these things, then you get that honor band medal at the end of the cool. year. And that's gone. That's going to, so I, 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 at first I was like, I've never heard of tracking, but the more I thought about it, actually, yeah, I have. It's just done in a really different, or it's done in a different way. But still that same idea of if you'd like to excel, we want to give you this opportunity to do it. I love that. And I love yeah. that, you know, you have very different school models that are there, but you've, again, found ways to thrive in each one of them. What are the play, you know, because now now some of the crustier teachers among us are going to say, yeah, but that's fine that they all feel good about themselves and loved. But what do you have to play? Like I know in Brittany, LGPE exists. Um, in Illinois, it's a, you know, Katrina and I both know this. Concert festival is a very different kind of thing. It's actually concert competitions that are there. Uh, and so, and I don't even know exactly, Brittany or uh, Katrina, where you start or where that is. Maybe we'll start with you because I think yours is going to be the most unique compared to the most of the rest of the country is there's a state system we all go to ours is cpa lgpe whatever it is whatever the the uh, letters are and it's a very defined role with yours what do you do as kind of here are some of our ensemble assessments if you, if any yeah we go to a festival in dunlap which is through the ie or the igsma and that's one of many festivals, like you said, in Illinois, because right. ISU also hosts a really great festival, but that's primarily put on by the university. And then there's Super State, of course, that's at the U of I. Mm -hmm. And so we've just chose to keep things consistent because obviously Super State at the U of I, you have to audition to get into, and that's no guarantee from year to year that right. we always go to the Dunlap Festival. That way we're guaranteed good assessment, nice judges with great feedback and a really nice experience for all the kids and they accept sixth grade bands there. So we always take the sixth grade band. So do you take sixth, seventh and eighth grade? Yes. Is there three separate bands yes. or is it a sixth grade? Yeah, three okay, three so separate bands all by grade. Wow. Okay. All right. Great. 
And Brittany, tell us a little bit about LGPE. So in Cobb County, we have large group performance evaluation. It's, you know, sanctioned by GMEA, our Georgia Music Educators Association. And it's essentially our state assessment, our festival, our, um, you know, assessment that probably most everybody has. The one thing that's unique with our situation, as you know, having judged yourself. I was going to say, you get some really terrible judges. I've heard that before. No, we get the best judges. Um, (laughs) We have an expanded panel format in Cobb County. And what that means is we have not only our standard three judges um, and of course a sight reading judge, but we also have a brass adjudicator who is just sitting out in the judges table listening only for the brass, making only brass comments. Same thing with woodwind. Uh, Same thing with percussion. Our percussion adjudicator is actually on the stage in the wings along the side. I always tell my kids, I'm like, they're right there watching you. They're looking at your stickings. They're watching your technique. Mm -hmm. Um, Front and center, we also have a conducting judge and a table in the back on the stage in the other wing. And then a clinician, which is fantastic because that clinician, their job is not to make any comments other than helpful feedback, and they're just going to work with our group at the very end, right before sight reading. So we get um, thorough feedback, which I am so grateful and you know always encouraged by, and it always makes us grow in the end. So that's what we do um, in March. It usually takes place the last week of March for middle school, third week of March for high school. Um, but top to bottom, we take every every seventh and eighth grade ensemble. So I have 400 kids in my program, and we're going to take four bands. We're going to take two seventh grade bands and two eighth grade bands. We have an on-level, a concert band, and a symphonic band in each grade. So wow. we'll take all four groups, and they will go perform. And, and it'll be great. So we talked about the, the assessment con- things, but what are so, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that each of you have a concert throughout the year that's kind of one of your favorites that you do and something to say. Like, for example, with my daughter, uh, who's now an eighth grade flute player, um, she, she loves the Halloween concert each year. Mm-hmm. They do a concert near Halloween. They get to dress up in costume and all that. And it's, it's a thing where for the younger students, they're really scared because they haven't been playing for very long. But the, when they see everybody's in costume and all that, it, it becomes much more about the community you're building rather than the musical performance. What's a unique concert that maybe the two of you have that you might tell us about? One of my favorites is at the very end of the school year, we have this uh, concert called Concert on the Lawn. And it's the only concert that all three grade levels are all participating in, and it's outside. Um, so the sixth graders play, seventh graders play, eighth graders play. The whole community is there watching. We have food trucks. We have snow cones. We have, um, mm. you know, all of our extra ensembles are playing, and it's just outside. Parents bring lawn chairs, and it's just a blast. So we have a really good time. It's called wow. Concert on the Lawn. And, it, you know, having the whole community rally together, like, I think we're going to have to uh, bus some people in. They might have to park the church across the street and, like, bus in because we don't have the parking. Like, it's just so much support, which is really exciting. So I think that for anyone who's looking for something, you know, to bring the community together, whatever you can do, put all your kids together, have them perform. If anything outside in the end of the school year is fun. Put them in right. T-shirts so they're unified, you know. Um, whatever you can do to just create excitement and, and just make sure that they love making music with you. Of course, like we have to teach them the skills. Like we're, we're in the trenches all day, every day, but you know, you can make the skills fun. And so that's what we just do every day. Cool. Yeah. yeah, One of the concerts I'm really passionate about, it's very special to me. Um, We have a Heidi White Memorial scholarship concert that is seventh through 12th grade and features kind of like a prism concert. The jazz band will play, the jazz choir will sing, and then the high school acapella groups will sing high school jazz band, high school chamber strings will play. 
And, wow. and so, yeah, it's, it's a huge production. And then at the end, we award camp scholarships for any music student to go to summer symposium. There's a strings camp at the U of I. There's a choral camp at Eureka College. And so we raise money to basically give out three or four camp scholarships to any sixth, seventh through 12th grade student. And so at the conclusion of the concert, we give out the scholarships and the kids who win the scholarships, it's like the price is right. Like they run on down to the stage oh. and they get their scholarship. <laughs> and then wow. it's just, it's a lot of people that are there and it's just, it's a really special wow. night for the music because we're representing seven through 12th all the way through and doing something, giving back in the name of one of our former music teachers. Wow. I have one more question. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, Jeff's got I, something. There, there are probably some high school band directors out there like ready to headhunt these yes. two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, can I please hire you? Yes. And I, I don't want to make this too negative, but I have met enough high school band directors over the years. And almost always I hear, well, I've got this one great feeder and I get like, 60 great kids a year from them, but then I have this other feeder. Right. And then they don't even have to finish the sentence because everybody knows that language. It's like, oh, the other feeder. So what, what, I, I, I don't know, what's the solution to that? Because you can't, there's not one solution nationwide for this, but like it has to be communication, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, or like what, what is it that, that's going on when you have multiple, multiple high schools across the country and they're all saying the same thing is that I've got this one great feeder and then I've got this so-so feeder. So what would you two want? Uh, you both have some great high school people that you work with. Definitely. So let's go ahead and say this is not necessarily advice that we're giving to our own, but you've yeah. been around enough of both middle school and high school to hear wh- what do middle school teachers want high school directors to know? I would think they want like, like to for the high school teachers, the challenges that they're facing every day. Like I think a lot of times if there's one good feeder and one feeder that's not maybe giving enough, like, having kids move on, is it the scheduling at the middle school? Is it the fact that maybe that this middle school teacher's day is like filled with lunch duty and things that makes them just grumpy and not want to, you know what I mean? Like what are their challenges and having those conversations? Like we'd love to be starting six bassoons, but the school inventory only owns one great bassoon and like a, another piece of junk. So kind of having the, what are the real challenges? Is it the person? I'd probably nine times out of 10, no. It's, it's the challenges that are faced on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would give any I would tell any high school director, just talk to your middle school feeders. Like uh ask how you can support them. What can you do? Hey, do you need me to come um send kids down? Like can we perform in a concert with you? That's one thing, you know, the concert in the lawn that I mentioned earlier. The wind ensemble performs. Um one thing that also really helps is just making sure that you make time to be friends with that person too. Like reach out to them, get to know them as a person, just like we do with our own students. Like reach out to them and see how you can be a help. Because if you're frustrated with something that they're doing, chances are there's something you can do to help that'll end up making your life better in the long run anyway, as we're trying to all create this seven-year program. Yeah, It's about relationships, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I hear everything that you all are saying, and we haven't talked one one time about, well, Katrina, how do you teach the three-octave C scale? Like, we, we haven't gone to that because we know that, like, that's what we – those are the things that we should have taken uh, from college. But when you put it in day-to-day life, it is about building relationships with people in your building, 
building relationships with the students, building relationships with the families of those students, and building relationships with the, the high school feeder and making sure that we... I think one of the things that, that gets me is understanding that we're all doing the same thing. We're trying to increase arts education and arts love uh, in the community. And I think sometimes we get, I know I get, I'll, I'll freely admit, I get sidetracked sometimes. It's like, well, you've got this contest coming up and you've got this to go and do. And it can be a lot. And we all know that. But I think that middle school, one of the things that I would tell high school directors is middle school people have that plus all the other stuff. You usually have more kids than we do. And you have more bridges to cross than we do. And you often have fewer resources than we do. And I'm not trying to make it like, oh, it's such a a treasury. It's just, it has to come back to that relationship. So when middle school directors are doing it well, it's really impressive. And you both are really impressive in everything that we do. I mean, uh, you should know like... And you're both, uh, sorry, you're both lifelong learners and it's obvious, you know, in your, uh, you know, when you go to Midwest, when you go to GMEA or ILMEA, when, and you're at these conferences, you're going to the clinics and learning from them. You're you're asking questions. You're you're uh, a part of the discussion. And then now you guys are doing podcasts. And but bo- you know, just for the audience, both of them have taught the Music for All Summer Symposium Marching Band Division for the last like 15 plus years because they're the type of people that are kid magnets. And, and they're constantly getting better. And so, you know, the, the, that's the type, of, the type of people that make the best teachers are the ones that keep learning and mm-hmm. keep uh, giving back to, to the profession itself. Absolutely. I feel like even one thing, one thing that middle school directors can do is just being a part of the marching band as well. Like that's one thing that I'm passionate about is working with the high schoolers. So I feel like being a middle school director is the best job in the world because I get to watch them grow for seven years. Like how many teachers get to watch that? So, you know, bridging the gap, anything that you can do to connect with them in the long run. And so I have some eighth graders who are like, I don't know if I want to do marching band. I was like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to see you. And they're a little bit less scared. Mm -hmm. So anything that you can do um, just to be there and be present, whether it's high school directors coming down to the middle school, middle school directors going up to the high school, like, I know I'm a better teacher when I surround myself, when, when I put myself in situations to watch better teachers than me teach. I learn every single day when I go to both of my high schools and I watch our directors work. I learn something new every single day. And I think that if, if you're on a road to burnout or you feel like you're struggling and you're having a hard time, I know just picking up the phone and talking to another band director friend can sometimes change your whole perspective and change your whole day. I'm sure you guys have all felt the same way too. Just making sure that you get out of your bubble. If you're frustrated, you're tired, you're um, stressed out, get out of your bubble and talk to somebody because that can make a huge difference. Um, switch places with a band director friend for a day. Some of my middle school band directors were, were trying to figure out a way where we can like trade places. Okay, cool. I'm going to come do your flute class. And then can you come do my low brass? Like, mm. and just be creative. There's, there's always a solution out there if you're willing to dig deep enough to find it. We talked a lot about that in that one podcast about dealing with disappointment and the, which one of our most downloaded podcasts, because Bobby said something similar. He's just like, you're going to have rough, rough times in this profession, and you've got to figure out ways that, to get through that. One other thing that I think is really important, knowing both of you pretty well, I think you both include your families in this process, too. You know, I, if Katrina's there, Craig's somewhere lurking <laughs> in the shadows, <laughs> which is great, which it. is awesome. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and same with Brittany. Of course, I, you know, your, your husband and I have been friends for a long time, but I, I even now see your kids at things and you're, you're, you're including that. And having my own kids, I have to tell you that like there was a time when my family kind of thought, well, we want to kind of stay separate. We want to have our time. And then there's that time. But that faded away into something that was much more integrated and it has worked so much better. I know, Brittany, you stepped away for a couple of years to teach uh, for, for your family. Speak just a little bit about that for a second. And especially if, if people are considering, gosh, I don't think I could ever do that. Or more importantly, I don't think I can go back. What would you say to that? I would say nobody knows your situation better than you. And ultimately, you have to do what's right for you. Don't let other people's opinions tell you what's right for you in your heart. For me, I feel like I'm one of the biggest bando people there is. And so people were shocked when I stopped teaching because I, I was like, my identity is banned. How am I going to do this? But man, I had my first child and I was like, I just want to be her mommy all day, every day. And I did that. And so I stayed home for five years. So I quit my dream job. Um, stayed home for five years, had two kids and I don't regret a second of it. That was, that was what was right for my family. It was right for me. It was right for our kids. It was right for my husband, our whole unit. Like it was the right call and it was tough for me. Um, but I just trusted that, you know, the universe has plans and it will all work out the way it's supposed to. And sure enough, my dream job opened up. And as soon as it did, my very supportive husband was like, go for it now. Like, I am opening the computer to apply for you right now. So um, he, we've really supported each other through it. And I think I couldn't have done it without him because he supported me. Uh, well, I supported him working in his, um, in his job when I was home. And then he took the reins and has supported me coming back too. Um, and so when you just feel like it's a village, we're all working together, we're all going to pull our fair share, um, you know, just, just trust that it'll work out. I would not say don't be afraid to step back because – Band is always going to be there. Band is band. Band will be there. It, you know, there mm. you can, you can create an opportunity for yourself. And especially with um, clinicking, man, there's so many opportunities to teach your instrument. Go reach out to, if you want to get back in the scene, go reach out to the schools in your area and say, hey, would you like flute sections? You know, would you like me, for me to come in and work with your whatever instrument your primary instrument is? I did that a lot. I taught clarinet sectionals all around Cobb County. And that was great for me because I continued to grow as a teacher, even though I was out of the classroom. But I got to see inside so many other band rooms and learn from so many other awesome teachers. So then I took that with me when I came back to my school last year when I came back. Um, and I felt like I hadn't really stepped away. I felt like I mm. had just grown and grown and grown. It just looked different. Um, but yeah, I, I would say don't be afraid to do what's right for you and trust that it'll work out the way it's supposed to. That's awesome. Well, I know we're, we're closing in on, on our time, so I'll go back to the, the question that I asked you very near the beginning of what are two or three things that you want your students to walk away with or knowing or what are those things? And I think we should go back and forth because yeah. it could be like, I have it my could notes. be a thing where it's like, you have your notes. Okay. <laughs> See, I knew that both of you, I saw you writing and I knew that both of you would have wanted a little bit She's of time. Female, to so she can actually double task or multitask. I mean, if you asked two, Bobby and I would players. not have been capable of doing yeah, the podcast like, and taking notes. Oh my so. gosh. Like Jeff just <laughs> typed something on the screen and I'm sort of like, 
can't, I can't Squirrel. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm so bad about it. So, <laughs> Katrina, let's start with one of yours. It doesn't have to be the most important one, but what's one okay. of yours that you want your kids to know or do? One of them is just like independence on your instrument. So basically, no matter, uh, like basically you can take your instrument and you can play music, like your music. It could be music for church, it yes. could be pop music. It, it could be the C scale. We keep picking on the, the three octave C scale. But you have the independency <laughs> to play your instrument in a way that expresses you and who you are. Oh, I love that. Cool. Brittany, what's one of yours? I mean, they, as Afro Watkins always says, they have to have skills. You've got to teach them the skills. So make sure that they are able to confidently walk into that high school band room and hang, you know, make sure that they are set up for success with the fundamentals. Um, they've got to, they've got to understand how to make characteristic tone on their instrument. They've got to understand how to have technique and accuracy in what they're playing. So wow. yeah, you've, yep. you've got to dig in with an nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Katrina. Okay. The next one is awareness. And to me, this is just a middle school concept in general, just being aware. Yeah. And Bernie, we used the word like reading the room, like, so to speak, like being aware, <laughs> like if you're playing your trumpet and you're obviously the loudest person in the room, oh, and everyone keeps looking at me, oh, now might be the time to make an adjustment yeah. to kind of, and, or being the kid who maybe could be in the band that excels saying, oh, I, I'm aware enough to know that, hey, I could be doing something a little, I'm making more effort with my musical progress or you just ran through the lobby of the school with your trombone case hitting exactly. everyone that comes in contact with yes yeah. yes that never happens in middle school i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> okay Brittany, what's your next one um honestly just to want to be a lifelong learner with music i want them to love playing their instrument so much that they want to play in high school and they want to play in their church groups going on you know I just talked to a teacher friend of mine who I taught her son a long time ago, and he's apparently in a band, and I had no idea. She's like, yeah, you can listen to his band on Spotify. And I started him on sixth grade percussion, and it just, I'm like, wow, you're, you know, college and beyond, and you're on Spotify. And I never would have known, and that's the cool thing is like, we, we don't always hear about these stories. You never know the impact that you're making and mm -hmm. the trajectory that you're setting with these kids. Um, so. I, I just want them to enjoy doing what they're doing and want to keep doing it for life. And do you have another one, Katrina? Yeah, my, my last one is like sort of in the theme. Of course, just the family feel. Like Basically, it's the connections that you made. I would love for every kid who goes, whether or not they play in high school or not, to feel like they've made some real connections through their middle school time, six through eight, and they've got some friendships that will last beyond their school years. Mm -hmm. And just that connection to the band family. Wow. And Brittany, did you have one more? I mean, it's basically the same as what she said, just creating yeah. a culture and a community top to bottom. And the culture can look like, you know, a high school through middle school culture where they just are all in it together. Like, we're not supposed to do something different. We are all in this together. Let's be a family. Let's work hard. We have the same goals. So, yeah. We knew this was going to be a fantastic episode yeah. and we were going to run out of time. And we so have, much, but guys. you guys are wonderful. I, I want to. I want my kid to be in your bands. That's such a yeah. Call. If you ever want to get, if you ever want to get in touch with Brittany or Katrina, just reach out to Bobby and I. We'll get, we'll get you guys uh, uh, hooked up. And I just respect the heck out of you guys, and so glad you were here. And thank you to all of our listeners. And until next time, I'm Jeff Young, and I'm Bobby Lambert, and this is that band life.